0: Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message.
1: Hey guys, I want to talk to you today about increasing in every area of your life. This is what we've been talking about. We've been talking about this, and we left off in Genesis 15.1, and I want to go back there. Last week, if you, didn't, you weren't here last week, 9 o'clock was great. 10.30, something hit the building to transform the building for the rest of our life. I'm just telling you, go back and watch it. I released the word in this house that's your word. Amen. And that's why today I'm glad you're here to just really absorb this word. And some of you weren't. And I want to talk about in Genesis 15, one, it says this. And after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision saying, fear not, Abraham, I am thy shield and I am thy exceeding great reward. And we looked at that word, that word, that just, just caught me. I was reading that, you know, it was talking about the promise of Isaac. Abraham was kind of, you know, kind of neandering a little bit with this thing. Like, how's this going to be? How can this happen? What's going to be? You know, we did the stars in the sky stuff. And Jesus said, I am thy shield. And I am thy exceeding great reward. And that word, exceeding great reward, we looked at it in the Hebrew. And in the Hebrew, it says this. It has a word meaning. Amen. It usually takes a bunch of words to explain this. But in the Hebrew understanding, exceeding great reward has a significance to me and you. The Hebrew word for exceeding, which means speedy, faster, quick. The Hebrew word for great, which means increasing, and the Hebrew word for reward literally means salary, wages, or money supply. So what was God really saying to Abraham? You were here last week. You know what he was saying. I will be your shield, and I will be your quickly increasing money supply. Man, I don't know about you, but that sent me through the roof. All week long, I've been thinking, God is my quickly increasing money supply. God is simply saying to me and you, I know what you need. I'm going to make sure I produce. And this is what I want you to know. You gotta quit looking at yourself. You gotta quit looking at your own ability. You gotta quit looking at your job to be your source. You gotta stop looking at what you have in the bank. And you have to start understanding that the God you serve is bigger and greater than anything you're gonna face in the earth. So, point number one that I want you to re remember and put in your spirit and never forget is this God is a rapid increasing money supplier for me amen look at that isn't that awesome God is a rapid increasing money supplier for me I am quickly increasing in money supply if that's what he said to Abraham guys then he's simply saying that to me and you and this is the power of revelation this is the power of getting something from God to release here in this house so because of your ability to have ears to hear and you have faith to receive, that can become a part of your life forever because revelation knowledge makes you greater than everything you're facing in the earth. So the next time you get in a business financial crunch, you have to remember, God is my exceeding great reward of financing. He is a rapid, increasing financial supplier. I love that, man. All week, I've been thinking about that. Just write that down in your notes. God is God. He's a rapid, I am, or you could say, a rapidly increasing money supply. That's what it says, and that's what it means. Quickly increasing money supply. So you might say, how am I going to get from here to there? The quickly releasing money supplying God will show up on your behalf. And you might say, man, well, you know, I I need something more. Well, guess what? If he's the quick-releasing God that could supply money, he's the quick-releasing God to bring a miracle. He's the quick-releasing God to bring healing. He's the quick-releasing God to bring a word from heaven. He's the quick-releasing God. God ain't slow. There's nothing slow about God. Amen? And I think what happens is we've been waiting so long, and we get lethargic in our waiting, and we get, we get stuck on the long process of timing, and sometimes because of that, what happens is we think everything's in the future. Everything's, everything's up in the future. You know, it might take five years. It might. It might take 10 years. It might. It might take 20 years, and it might. But I like the idea of thinking, my God, is a rapid, increasing supply. That just gets my anticipation ready for today. That gets my excitement level at another level for today. That gets me and you ready to receive right now today that God is rapidly moving on my behalf. I don't know about that, but that could get my intention so fast and it can get my faith moving forward so quickly because I know that right now God can do a miracle in my life. He can move supernaturally. And I'll tell you what gives him that ability, the revelation that you have that he can. That's one of the greatest things we can learn is that your faith makes a way through every circumstance and situation you face. And if you can keep your faith, you can stay connected to the miracle working God that you serve in every area of your life. So you're never without, you're never too far. How's God going to get me out of debt? You might say, well, we've had people, I have personal people uh, in the church connected to the ministry, almost $900,000 worth of debt. They got out. I've seen people get out of debt miraculously. I've seen people get out of debt, out of bills. I've seen people get released from contractual obligations by the hand of the Lord. That is a miracle because it was going to cost these people so much money to be involved in this. Well, well, how does he do that? Well, he's a rapid moving God. Expect a rapid moving God to move on your behalf and your finances. One of the things you're going to have to remember is point number two. And I want you to write this down you and me are going to have to get a revelation of the blessing of God. It is our divine right to be rich. Now, I know sometimes we use that terminology in the church. Sometimes people get nervous like, man, Pastor Chris, it's not just about being rich. I understand that. And it's not all about love. And it's not all about faith. And it's not all about prayer. And it's not all about, you have to have a balanced spiritual diet. You can't just sit here, you know, I know like some of you, you know, like kids, seems like some of these kids, all they eat is chicken fingers. You know what I mean? That's all they want to eat is chicken fingers, right? You know, like I only eat chicken fingers. I don't eat this. I don't eat that. You know, how many know if a kid's just eating chicken fingers all the time, he doesn't have a real balanced meal. You know what I mean? I went somewhere not too long ago and the guy was eating bags of Skittles. I couldn't believe it, man. It was like 6.30 in the morning. Guys pounding Mountain Dew and eating bags of Skittles. And it's 7 o'clock in the morning. I go, How many of you know that's not a balanced diet? I was like thinking, my God in heaven, man, you do this every day. So what am I trying to get you to understand? Not everything's about money and not everything's about love and not everything's about faith. When we talk about faith in the church, nobody freaks out and goes, man, you know, not everything's about faith. Well, we're talking about getting rich. This is increase month. Last time I checked, we talking about increase all month long. So don't let it. Don't let it, you know, back in the day, you know, we used to say, you know, we used to say some stuff, you know, like, don't let don't let it tweak your religious devils, you know what I mean? Sometimes we got these religious ideas in our head. We used to say it like this, don't let it kick your golden calf, you know what I mean? Yeah, sometimes we got a gold, those, those religious ideas are stuck in us, like, well, you know, God doesn't want to make everybody rich. Well, yeah, he does. That's what he wants to do. He doesn't want you to do without, you know, the Bible says, would father, when his child asks him for a loaf of bread, would hand him a snake? That don't make, that's evil. Well, don't you want to do for your kids? Don't you want to do for your family? Don't you want to do for your friends? Sure you do. So don't get stuck in that religious mode like, well, not everything's about money. Who said everything was about money? I just want you to know God wants to make you rich. He told you to reign in life as a king and it's up to you. Most people get a little bit cantankerous when you talk about this because they don't want to go for it. I'm just happy being right here. Don't rock my boat. I like life right here. You start getting me dreaming big, Pastor Chris. Now I got to start activating. Well, I want you to know it's important that you activate. So you're going to have to get a revelation of the blessing because it is your divine right to be rich. And you can see this in Galatians 3, 13, because There is more to Galatians 3.13 than most people understand. It says, Christ redeemed me from the curse of the law, being made a curse for me. Because cursed is everything that hangeth on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come on us through faith, through faith. And that's big when you look at this, right? So check this out. Christ redeemed me from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That We talked about this, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentile through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Okay? So now watch this. He said that the blessing of Abraham, right, will come on you because Jesus took the curse. Now, I want you to understand this because this is big. Christ. Redeem me from the curse. Now, most people don't, this is why you go to church. What is the curse? The curse was this, okay? Spiritual death, that means everybody goes to hell. Divine health, which means if not, everybody stays sick. And the last one, or all parts, you can put them in any order you want, right? Was redemption from poverty. So Jesus went to the cross so you can be saved, so you can be healed, And so you can be rich. Now, you better sit right there and think about that. Okay? Because watch this. Nobody in the church is going to give you a hard time if you go like this. Jesus Christ went to the cross to give you eternal life. Everybody's going to clap and shout, correct? Sure they are, right? And he did. Some people are going to get a little tweaked with this one. Jesus Christ went to the cross just as much to heal you as he did to save you it was part of the curse people are going to get a little with that one but they'll accept it how about this one this one's going to flip everybody out jesus went to the cross just as much to save you as to make you wealthy whoa right people are going whoa you getting you almost pastor chris you're getting on the edge of blasphemy boy no I'm not there ain't no blasphemy about it. He redeemed you from the curse. What was the curse? Poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. That is redemption. That is Galatians 3. So now watch this. You want to see religion get mad? Because I, bro, this is, I already been processed. I got mad at all this stuff like 20 years ago, man. I'm already there. It made me mad. You can't say that. He, 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 I used to fight it in my head. You're telling me, you're telling, I got Brother Hagin's books, Redeemed from the Curse of the Law. And I was fighting Brother Hagin in Bible school in my head. This guy can't say that. T.L. Osborne said, "You're, you're the modern day Jesus. You're the 2024 prototype, 2023 prototype of Jesus Christ in the earth. I got mad about that. I got mad when the first preacher said, you, you could be rich. I said, my God in heaven, man, that's not what's right? and you, you And then you sit there, and then you got to fight through your religiosity from the fall of man and realize, wait a minute, why is that bothering me? Because I didn't have it, and I didn't know how to do it, and I couldn't help other people. Then when God missioned my life, commissioned me, he said, you go teach my people about money, and you show them what I said. And I didn't care about the flack I was going to get. And God told me I was going to get flack for it. And you know what I said? I could care less because I don't want to see you live without. I don't want your kids coming to you needing something. And you can't provide it. I, don't, I got a late last week. I couldn't even believe this, man. Somebody, these, This person's going to die because they don't have the finances to go do something physically for their body at the doctor. I said, I can't even believe this. I wanted to intervene, but it, it's out of my hands. I said, I can't even believe this stuff. But you want to know why? It's religious brainwashing from the pin to hell. Didn't those guys tell you the greatest devil you're going to have to fight is the devil of poverty, the devil that's going to try to say you don't deserve that? So that's the curse of the law. So now you have to reprogram your head to understand the blessing of God. The blessing of Abraham is to what? To make sure all you need to, and what's prosperity anyway, man? Prosper, well, you know, I got a gold toilet. That's stupid. You know what I'm saying? I, mean, I went to this house one time and, you know, I was working and doing work and they went in there, man, and the lady, yeah, it was true, it was a condo. I went to this condo and the guy had gold faucets. They were 14 karat gold, gold faucets. And i never forget as long as I live. She said, when you get in there, lock the door, lock it when you leave, bring me the key. I'm going to go check it's locked. i was like, what is her deal with locking this place up? She goes, she explained it. She didn't say it. They didn't tell everybody. She goes, every faucet in the house is gold. Whatever, right? So here I'm thinking, that's stupid, right? If you want gold faucets, I don't really care. That's not what I'm talking about. But some people have a lifestyle like that. I'm not talking about you having gold faucets. If you want gold faucets, get gold faucets. Get fake ones and don't tell nobody. Praise the Lord, ain't nobody gonna know, right? But what am I trying to get you to understand? Meeting the needs of your kid, making sure your kids are educated making sure your kids are fed, making sure your 401k has enough money for you to retire. What is prosperity to you? making my business go to another level. I don't know, but the blessing of God can produce in your life what he said it can do in your life. And we got to talk about it because he said, beloved, above all things, I pray you prosper spirit, soul, and body. God wants you to prosper in every area of your life. And this is why we have increase month so you can go to a whole new level. But this is one of the things you got to understand. You're going to have to become a really good listener and a really good follower of God's instruction. Because this is beyond your tithe, okay? Tithing is easy. There's no pressure ever in this house. I've explained this time and time again, and I'll explain it again. Isn't this increased month? My tithe and your tithe belongs to the Lord. Some people don't like that. Well, you know, I don't know if I want it. Well, guess what? I've already determined, as you have, that that's my responsibility. It's what God has given me for trust. I trust him and I give him my tithe. Now, offerings are being led to the Lord, sowing in specific times, sowing under strategic times. But this is what I want you to know about God. And I wrote this down, point number three. I love it. And it's this, God will hide the miraculous in what seems to be ridiculous. And that is so true. And it's a spiritual application I want you to catch today. I promise you this all month long. I've been prophesying things into your life. The rapid, increasing wealth of God is coming to my life. Here's another one. God is going to do this thing sometimes miraculously. And I love Matthew 17, 24. I want to read it to you. And it says this, And when they were come to Capernaum, they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, does not your master pray tribute? He said, yes. And when he's coming in the house, Jesus prevented him saying, what do you think, Simon? Of whom do the kings of the earth take customer tribute? He's talking about paying your taxes. Of their own, stres, of their own children or a stranger? Peter said, of strangers. Jesus said, then there are children free? He said, yeah. He said, nevertheless, don't offend them, go to the sea, cast a hook, and take up a fish. Listen to this command. And the first one that comes up, when that opens his mouth, you'll be able to find pieces of money, take it, and give it on them for me, for thee. I mean, I don't know about you, man, but every time we go fishing, I'm looking for the one with the money in his mouth. I got to admit it. These guys in the church, they're here, you know, Brother Jerry, Brother Keith, they all like, they're all in there, man. Which, which one? You know, even, even Chris, he caught a big old fish that one day. I said, I'm just looking for the one with the money in his mouth. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Okay? You catch a grouper. You catch at it is. We caught some red snapper. Praise be to God. They were nice. I still open the mouth. I want to see what the one with the coin in his mouth, right? Come on. That's funny. You should laugh. But what am I trying to say? Go fish it, and you're going to find a fish. Do you realize what God had to do? Now, why am I talking about that? That is ridiculous, but it's miraculous. What was the instruction? Go fishing, and the fish you catch will have money in his mouth. How many of you in this building, if you don't think that's ridiculous, there's something wrong with your mind, okay? That is ridiculous. Wouldn't you be saying, well, I got to go down there and go fishing? How in the world am I going to know this fish is God? Hey, can you imagine how God prepared this? That fish had to be walking around a treasure chest somewhere in the middle of the ocean. You know, fish like shiny things. He probably, that fish a couple weeks before the need showed up. I hope you're catching where I'm going with this. A couple weeks before the need showed up, that fish must've been just hanging around a treasure chest and started eating gold coins, thinking that it was shiny food. Can you imagine how, what God has prepared for you because you love him? You imagine what God's got laid up for you. And the next thing you know, Peter goes fishing and catches this fish with the money in his mouth. What is the application that I'm trying to get you to understand in this that I don't care if God's got to do it miraculously. I don't care if God's got to do it supernaturally. I don't care if God's got to go get a puppy dog to run down the street with a sack full of money. If he can get you to find a fish with gold coins in his mouth and he's prepared the blessing of God for Peter, he's prepared the blessing of God for you. Don't try to figure out how he's going to do it. Don't try to figure out when he's going to do it. Just know that he's got to do it and you and I I have to do one simple thing, we got to be able to listen and follow the instruction. I'm going to say this, it's not popular, so I'll use myself. Most of my problems with financial increase was because of my lack of following instruction. We're great at sowing, but we got to learn how to reap. And the rules of reaping are obedience. Now I'm going to sit here. I ain't going to, you know what? I'm going to tell you what, it's not always easy to talk like this because I've been where you've been. Listen, this ain't, I'm not exempt. You know, I sat in a meeting like you sat in a meeting a couple weeks ago. First guy out the gate, I got a number. That number was scary. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it wasn't. It was a little bit like, okay, we're going there. Thank God I got a good wife. Praise the Lord for Pastor Liz. I went to her and I said, this is what I believe the Lord spoke to me. She goes, I think that's right. I said, well, God, now I can't get out of it at all. Praise the Lord. So I thought I was going to be, able, and I know God's always talking about a uh, next level and I play around, but you know what I'm saying. But everything is a stretch of faith because you got to realize if it doesn't cost you something, it's probably not worth nothing. So sometimes following instruction isn't easy, but it's the key To great success. Here's another thing I want you to know, and it's point number four, and I love this one. Jesus receives the attitude or your attitude behind your giving. Now, that's big. That's what most people don't understand. People receive your, like you could say like this, men receive your tithe, right? Like we come in here, we receive your tithe, but God sees the attitude behind your tithe. We receive your offering. Men receive your offering, Right? but God sees the attitude of your heart behind it. That's what most people can't understand about Hebrews 7 and 8. We could actually go there. Go to Hebrews 7 and 8, because it makes a lot of sense. Hebrews 7 and 8 explains to us. It says, it tells us that we men receive our tithes and offerings, but the Lord receives the attitude behind them. Have you ever noticed how many times scriptures on giving always emphasize attitude? She gave with her heart. She gave right, right. Scriptures on giving always, always seem to always have an attitude, an emphasis of the attitude, a cheerful giver, a, a, a lavish giver. And oh, men who who die, he explains, receives the first fruit, but the Lord receives the honor. In Second Corinthians. is one of the greatest maybe scriptures for us to understand this because God explains the attitude behind the gift. He said, you know, and I tell you this all the time. Can you imagine buying your wife something pretty and you're like, here. You know, you go buy her a brand new bottle of perfume or something and, you know, it costs you 150 bucks or whatever it is nowadays. And you walk in there and you go, here, here you go. You know, it's like you take it, but it's like, what, what's, your, what's wrong with your attitude? Like, if you didn't want to do it, don't do it. Can you imagine bringing your wife flowers? Here. It cost me 20 bucks at Publix. Here. Here. Here's your flowers. Here. Come on, man. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, she's going to take it, but it's like, shouldn't there be a joy and a love and a passion? It doesn't make a difference if you spend five bucks or $5,000. It's the attitude of the heart that makes the gift even better. Look what 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says. So let's each one... Give as he purposes in his heart. So giving is a heart thing, right? Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So what happens is this. We give in faith, right? People receive it, right? But God receives the faith behind it. What happens when we give in love? Men receive the gift, but God receives the love. What happens when we give grudgingly or of necessity? People receive it, but God gets nothing. What happens what? When we have the right attitude, people receive it, but we get the reward. You see it? It's an attitude. When you give your finances, we give with faith. We give with love. We give with honor. People receive it, but God receives the faith behind it. God receives the love behind it. God receives the honor behind it. And I got news with you. With all these things, he multiplies it back to You. That's one of the greatest things you and I can understand about this because this is most important to God and this is a big one to God and it's point number five and I'm going to give you a lot of points today. That's why I gave you that note sheet. I want you to have these points for the rest of your life. God promised to meet all your needs. That wasn't my promise. That wasn't your promise. That's God's promise. He said if he didn't want to meet our needs, he should have never said I'll meet your needs. I don't know about you, but going to heaven was enough for me for the rest of my life. We get to go to heaven. I'll be like, praise the Lord, glory to God. Um, I would be like, hey God, just as long as we can go to heaven, I don't mind being miserable in the earth. How about you? You know what I mean? Like 80, 90 years max, we're gonna be miserable and then we go have paradise with God in heaven. This is great. Sign me up for the first ship out of here. But you know what God said? No, I'm gonna give you heaven on earth. I'm going to take care of your needs and your wants. I'm going to take care of what you desire. I'm going to take care of your dream and your plan. I'm going to take care of your family, your finances, and your future. That was God's idea. He said it right here in Philippians chapter 4. I like reading in the Passion because it reads a little clearer. In Philippians 4.14, check this out. You're going to love this. He says this, you are so graciously providing for my essential needs during my season of difficulty. He was talking about the people were. For I want you to know that the Philippian church was the only church that supported me in the beginning as I went to go preach the gospel. You were the only church that sowed into me financially. And when I was in Thessalonica, you supported me for well over a year. I mention this not because I'm requesting a gift, but so that you could get the fruit of generosity and bring an abundant reward. reward. And now have all I need. That's what he said. He said, I now have all I need, more than enough. I'm abundantly satisfied, for I received the gift, gift you sent by Aphrodite, and you viewed it as a sweet sacrifice, perfumed with the fragrance of faithfulness. Man, I like that, man. Ain't that a good sound? The fragrance of faithfulness. Next time you give, think about this. This gift is my gift. It's fragrant to God, and it shows God faithfulness. That blessed me, man, when I read that. My gift, my tithe, my offering, my gift I give to God is a fragrance of faithfulness that I trust him, that I believe in him, and that I expect him to do what he said he can do. And check this out, which is so pleasing to God. I am convinced that my God will fully satisfy every need you have, every need, not some of your needs, all of your needs. Check this out. For I have seen the abundant riches of glory revealed to me through the anointed one, Jesus, and God, our Father, receive all the glory and the honor throughout eternity of all eternities, amen. God's gonna meet your needs, that's what he said. Now, here's my thing, and I want you to, you might say, well, Pastor Chris, some of my needs are not being met. Well, I gotta ask you this, God doesn't lie, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? And then some of you have some wants that need to be met, But how many you know that's going to take obedience of following after sowing seed? Some things are required from us to make sure this process continues to work. Now, obviously, if I'm not doing my part, I can't expect God to do his part. But I've learned a long time ago that if it's not working, I look in the mirror and fix me. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's not on God's side, guys. It's on my side. So I check my side. I adjust my side. The Bible says if your heart condemns you, fix it. That means if your heart feels like it's a little out of place, ask God where I can get some change and transformation. James chapter one says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who abradeth not. He's a liberal giver. That means this. God's not going to resist you if you come to him and say, help me understand what I need to do. You know, last week I was talking about this. Some of you don't realize this and, and some of you do, but how many of you know the key to life and the key To prosperity is following God's instruction through his word. So if you're gonna see things happen, you know, some of you, maybe the unforgiveness, there's roadblocks. Next week, I'm gonna try to cover some of the roadblocks that are hindering your financial increase. There's roadblocks, unforgiveness is a roadblock. If you don't get rid of unforgiveness, it can mess up your financial harvest. Lack of sowing. Could be a roadblock to stop you. There's a lot of little things that, if you don't get lined up right, it will affect the arena of your receiving. Biggest thing me and you can do is be obedient and walk walk in love. Here's another one. This one I like. I got a couple here. Right. This is big for you. If you're if number six, if it's your desire, I want you to go for it, man. I'll tell you what. This one will change you. I think sometimes in life. We just think, well, God just meets our needs. He's just the need meter. No, 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 no. He's the Lord your God, right? He's the shepherd, and He will meet everything you want and everything you need. He said, "I'll take care of both." If you have a desire for something and you go for it, God wants to meet those needs. You find that really simple, and it's in Mark 11:23. Mark 11:23 we all know this scripture. I've said it a hundred times. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. What did he say? What things soever you desire. Well, your desires are not my desires. That's why I don't critique other people's desires. I got friends, they believe God for stuff I'd never believe God for because I don't even desire it. And that's okay. This is not just making sure your needs are met. He's making sure your desires are met. If you have faith for what you desire, some of you, you know what? I read those prayer requests. Some of you were desiring, they came in. You know what you were believing God for? Some of you were believing God for a better home. That's a great desire. Jesus said, I'll give you houses here got houses in heaven, but I'll give you houses here. Some of you want to, some of the prayer crest. where I want to leave the apartment and go to a house. Is that a wrong desire? There's nothing wrong with that. I want to go from renting to be an owner. There's a great desire. Why would there anything, why would God not, I'm in that, you're in that. Wouldn't you encourage somebody? Say your kids came to you and said, we're renting, but we want to own. That would be a great, you'd be like, that's a good desire. I'm glad. Nothing wrong with renting. But guess what? Being a homeowner is a different thing. Well, I want to start that business. Is that a desire? Folks had this desire to go do this. I got a buddy who wants to go start a restaurant. It's a desire of his heart. Me, I just like to eat the food in the restaurant. I ain't got no desire to do that. Praise the Lord. Well, what am I trying to get you to see? What do you desire? God said, whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive. So this, this, this increased life, this life of increase is not just meeting your needs. It's meeting the desires that are in your heart. I learned a long time ago. Some of you, this will be a good lesson for you. Don't critique what other people desire. It's not your business. You know what I'm saying? People want to get caught up, especially in the body of Christ. Well, why are they believing God for that? Ain't none of my business. Why are they believing God to have all that stuff? Ain't none of my business. Why do you want to believe what you want to believe for? What I want you to understand is this, is that God never said, I'm just the need meter. He promised to meet your needs, and he said, if you desire something, if you got the faith for it, I got the exchange to get it to you. Now, here's one of the things I want you to know. Everything in the earth and the fullness thereof belongs to the Lord. So if there's something you desire, it already belonged to God before you got here. Other people might have it, and I'm not telling you to covet what other people have, but you know what I'm saying. There's something out there that you want God laid it up for you. Don't just sit there. If he did it for them, he could do it for you. And I don't want you to sit back and not think that God is going to work on your behalf. And point number seven, I gave them to you quick. I wanted to get all this information to you. This is why I think this is important today. The moment you become God's partner, your toiling days are over. Point seven, the moment you become God's partner, your toiling days are over. What does that mean? My toiling days. Well, you know, that's the story in Luke, right? He said, man, he said, we toiled all night long. We toiled all night long. Look in Luke 5 and 1. I want to read this. This scripture, this scripture, this 2 Corinthians, that 2 Corinthians scripture and this scripture right here changed my life forever. This one, God spoke to me in Luke chapter 5. When God spoke this to me, he spoke about you. God gave me Luke 5.1. I'm going to read it. It came to pass that the people pressed upon him and he was in Gennesaret. He took two ships. He took one of the ships. He entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's. He said this. He said, can you thrust me out a little bit? I want to teach the people. Partnership. Now when he launched out in the deep, he let down. He said this, right? And he sat down and he talked to people. Now when he left speaking, he said to Simon, you launch out in the deep, let down your nets and catch a catch. Partnership, right? God's Jesus said, let me borrow your boat. Peter said, okay. Jesus said, let me repay you for letting me borrow your boat. So exactly what he did. He didn't have to, but he chose to. He said, you became my partner. And the minute you let me use your boat, you became my partner. Now I want to express my gratitude to you and show you how to catch fish. Peter's thinking, man, you don't know nothing about fishing, preacher. do you know about fishing? Look what he said right here. He said, launch out in the deep, cast down your nets, plural, right? He said, I threw down one net. He said, man, Simon answered in him in verse 5 and said, master, we toiled all night. He said, we're taking nothing. But he gives it a shot. He said, never to lift at that word. Nevertheless, at that word, I let down a net. Messed his faith up right there. He didn't follow instruction. Jesus said, nets, don't, don't let down one net when God says nets. And he they, and they did. He caught a multitude of fish so big it was breaking a net. And he beckoned unto the partners. He called them in the other ships. He said, come help me. They filled both the boats. So much so, they began to sing. When Simon got on land, Peter, he fell down. And Jesus needs to part from me from a sinful man, oh, Lord. He was astonished at everything he did. Jesus said, I'll make you a fisherman. Scripture right there changed my life. When I read it one day, I didn't get it. I said, why is Peter laying there saying I'm a sinful man? caught a whole bunch of fish. Peter was sinful because he did not follow an instruction. He only partially followed it. This is what I realized. Partial obedience affects your harvest. Partial obedience affects your life. And it changed my life when I read it. I repented because I said, if anybody ever comes to me with something that they're believing God for, I will have unlimited faith to help them get there because I can affect their harvest if I'm not ready. Peter got an instruction. He missed an instruction. He missed an opportunity and he missed the whole thing because he did not listen. And who got affected by it? His partners. He had enough for him, but in his partners, he could have had more. If he would have thrown 10 nets, 10 nets would have got filled. If he would have thrown 100 nets, 100 nets. If he would have thrown 1,000 nets, 1,000 nets. He said, let down your nets. He threw one net. He didn't have the full belief ability to believe, so only threw one, and he kind of tested it out. I promise you today, the minute, and there's something funny about this scripture. The Bible uses this terminology, toil. Toil. Well, There's a translation in the Bible of the word toil, that the blessing overrides the toil of life. What Jesus was showing Peter in this moment is you've been toiling forever. Toil is hard work, labor. Nothing wrong with labor, nothing wrong with working hard. But how many of you know working hard and laboring is not going to get you to the next level of prosperity? The blessing is. And that's what he showed him. He said, we toiled all night. Jesus said, just throw the net. Let me show you a different system from now on that you're going to start operating with that's different than the system of the world. It's called the system of the blessing, and it overrides the toil that's in the earth. Toiling no more. Your days of toil are over. Because you're going to study the blessing, and the blessing is going to increase you to prosper. Jesus in the Old Testament uses terminology in a different translation. He said that the toiling days are done because the blessing of the Lord has shown up. I want you to remember this. It's God's blessing, the redemption of the curse, the Eden-like condition from the beginning that from now on is going to come into effect in your life and help you prosper in the earth. The days of toil are over, because the blessing is going to override it and supersede it and give you the ability to overcome everything. Now what you and me are going to do, and I preached this a couple years ago, my blessing is in my birthright. I've been born into the blessing of Abraham. I've been born into the blessing. And so have you, you got to start putting a demand on the blessing and outliving the toil of life. Jesus gave a perfect example in Luke chapter 5, Peter came and said, look, man, we're fishermen. We know how to fish. We fished all night long. Nothing happened. We're mending nets. We're chilling. We want to go home. But guess what? Jesus said, you don't understand. I want you to go throw the, throw the net in the middle of the day. This is crazy. It ain't going to work. Jesus said, if you can follow the instruction fully, watch The labor be what? Broken and watch the blessing kick in. I've been saying this for years. If Jesus tells you to throw the net in the middle of the parking lot, fish will come out of the ocean, run down the street, and jump in it. You're talking about supernatural ability. We're not talking about working with earthly wisdom or worldly wisdom. We're talking about working with the wisdom of God that can transform your life forever. So remember this. I'm leaving you with this, and I'm going to pray for you you get a revelation of the blessing of God and your days of toil are over I'm not getting blessed because I deserve it I'm not getting blessed because I'm smarter than somebody else I'm not getting blessed because I outwork somebody I'm not getting blessed because I've had the toil I'm toiling so hard I'm getting blessed because it was given to me by birth I was born in the blessing and you were born in the blessing when we got born again I'm putting a claim to the toil of days to be over and the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and added no sorrow. I'm not working for a living. I'm working for a giving. I'm allowing the power of God to overcome the circumstances of life. And I'm letting the blessing come upon my life. And I'm decreeing and declaring what God has said in the word that I'm blessed going in and I'm blessed coming out. And I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath because that's where God wants me to be and we're to reign in life in Christ Jesus like heirs to a throne. That's what you are. That's what you've been made and that's what God has called you to do. Praise the Lord, guys. Let me pray for you today. Father, I thank you that this revelation today right now becomes clearly understood that you remove the barriers and that you remove the limitation and you remove the mindsets that are trying to hold them back from going to the next level of life of what you have for them. Father, bless them. Let them see it. Let them live beyond religion. Let them live beyond the mindsets of the mind. And let them step into the true prosperity that you said in Galatians, I redeemed you from the curse of the law to make you whole, to make you well, to give you eternity in heaven with me, and to give you the ability to prosper in the earth like never before. That was your promise because you love us. Father, let them see it and know it greater than ever before. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen. God bless you guys. I'm gonna see you next week. And I promise you this, these truths will transform you forever.
0: Well, amen. Well, if you would, that was a great word, right? If you guys would go ahead and close your eyes, bow your head. I'd never like to leave a service without giving a moment For people to make their life right with the Lord. You know, He's calling you right now. If you need to make that change of heart, if you need to ask Jesus to live in your heart, if you're in this place or if you're watching online, He's calling you. And He's called you for such a time as this. If you're in this place today, And you want to make that change. You want to ask Jesus to live in your heart. If you will just slip your hand up with no one looking around. I want to see those hands this morning. Because how many of you know when we make that change in our life for Jesus. I see that hand. Then that your life is never the same. Let's all pray this prayer together. Say dear God. I thank you. That you sent Jesus to die for me and now I ask you to live in my heart make me whole make me new help me to live my life for you I love you Jesus in Jesus name we pray amen and amen everyone now we can rejoice thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnam If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear
1: more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.